Let's pray for the word. Father, we thank you today. This moment, this opportunity, you present us. God, even before the foundations of this world, you predestined this very moment. And so, God, we ordain this as a moment, God, sanctioned by, by you, God. And we just ask that you just be with us in this moment. Teach us what you need to teach us. Talk to us in the way we need to be talked to. Share with us, God, what we need to know and hear. So, God, do let the words that will come from my mouth, the very motives of my heart, be acceptable unto you, God, for you are my strength, my redeemer. Besides you, God, there's no other, there's none like you. God, I pray that you also will feed me on my feet, give me clarity, understanding, revelation, knowledge of your word, so that lives will be touched, challenged, and changed, and never the same. And so, God, we're so grateful for every listening ear in this room online and even the person that will connect with this later. I pray that they have an ear to hear what you, the Spirit of the Lord, has to say to the church today. And so, God, we're grateful and thankful for your word today. Why? Because it's your word that makes us new, your word that teaches us about you. So make it clear and make it plain. In Jesus' name, would you give God one of those big praises you got in your belly right there? That's it, that's it, that's it. Amen. I'm going to do my best to draw fire, go higher, retire real quickly, right? Uh, so you can get to your favorite reservation. And so, but we want to take this moment to pause and present God's word to you today. And so I want to do a, a Bible check. Like I, I got to make sure you're packing. All right. And so at this time, let me see them. What? Let me see them. I like to see them. That's why the usher got one for you. This signal, ain't no shame in my game. I get, I'm gonna get what I got to get. We're trying to, we're trying to make you carry. This is a, uh, this is a, a 30 Oct 16. Amen. This is the authorized carrying in any premises that can defeat any enemy. Amen. I could encourage you all to even turn your Bibles on today, if you will. Just turn them on. But I like to say open them to this right here. Hey, will y'all give our ushers an amazing hand? They awesome, right? They are so, so awesome. After service today, man, um, Davion and they'll be out there. Savannah, they'll be out there to meet with y'all. Uh, I'm always grateful. I've been in this series. This is 2023. Happy New Year for some. Maybe you was on vacation. Maybe you were traveling. Some still are. And so we just praise God for you. Honor to God, my pastor, my wife, Dr. Betty, everybody, man, my spiritual leaders. I tell people I honor them so very much. I mean, every season of my life, I take my service to them a not, up a notch. That's one of my goals is to take my service to my man and my woman of God up a notch. You know, uh, my pastor, I honor my apostle. I honor uh, our, our spiritual parents, you know, and, and most importantly, my, my wife and her absence, we honor her as well. Amen. And so 2023, we declare this the year of greatness. Somebody shout greatness. And that's what we've been talking about. That's what we are declaring 20. 23 year of greatness like we're not settling for mediocre we're not allowing ourselves to just be okay and so greatness today I want to teach can I talk last week and I want to reiterate that just to bring us in this moment uh, I want to talk this 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 morning this moment this opportunity I'm from the subject embrace the greatness embrace 
the greatness. Now, now I, I, I want you to just hold that because I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, um, but I want you to just have that in your head um, because on last week, we opened up the first of the year. January presented us with the first Sunday of the year, the way to bring back in the new year, but I'm telling you, you got all year, but you ain't got all time. So get aligned, because I say this, I believe this, that every person must be in alignment to fulfill their God-given assignment. You may accomplish some things, but I want to get into doing all things. It's through Christ who gives me the strength to do the all things versus just selling for just the mundane and the okay stuff I can do myself. And so I want to propel us into a mindset that really honors the fact of what it costs to be great. And so we talked about the cost of greatness. Greatness is what I see, and greatness is what I desire all around me. Say that with me. Say, greatness is what I see, and greatness is what I desire all around me. You got to say it like you mean it. Say, greatness is what I see. So greatness is where you see yourself fulfilling God's full purpose for your life. See, when you see greatness, you see yourself at the place of God fulfilled purpose in your life. So greatness is what I see. Y'all said that? They said, so greatness is what I desire all around me. So, so that's what it is. When you are great, when you become greater, you become greater, we all become greater. That's when we become surrounded by greatness. So we're trying to bring everybody on the up and up. We're trying to go, I, I, we ain't trying to cross the river and see everybody on, on the other side. We're trying to see everybody on this side. Amen. I, I, that's why we don't start over in the new year. We just kind of wagon wheel that thing around and say, come on, get yourself together. You've been slacking, but let's get it started. It's all right. <laughs> we ain't going to baby you. Amen. I talked to you all last week that God wants everybody, but he just can't use anybody. Like the call says there's some criteria and conditions to following Christ. Like you and this, when you say, I want to do it, God's going to say, okay, this is what you got to do, though. And that's what we be like, okay, you mean I got to give that up? I got to stop doing that? You mean I can't hang out with them no more? For real? God, you mean I got to break ties with some stuff that going to keep me bound. So I share this in this moment because I want you to understand and have this clear conscience of knowing that God desires each of us to be great. Now, now greatness can be an attribute given to individuals who possess a natural, hear this, or learned ability to be better than they once were. So greatness is that mindset that says, God, I either got a natural ability or I'm going to learn how to do this. Amen. Anybody just a good cook on your own, you just know how to do it? Anybody had to really put some work in it? Like, geez, I have to read recipes. Amen. But you can read that recipe. It can turn out just as good if you pay attention. Amen. Sometimes you can call somebody and say, hey, you know what? I, ain't, I don't always do this. Anybody? I, I remember when I, I first started making dressing. I ain't going to lie to you. I made some grandmama type of dressing. Because before my grandmama died, every time I made it, before she died, I called her up and said, how you put this? Well, you say this a pinch. I said, what that means? She said, just put your hand in there and feel it. 
You'll feel the you'll feel it, you'll feel the flavor between your fingers. Okay, y'all gonna get it. See, okay. <laughs> he said, "You anybody ever feel the flavor between your fingers? You can, <laughs> you can feel it." <laughs> but other people are like, "Oh no, that ain't me." God is literally trying, he's trying to make you greater, but some of us, we got it, and some of us got to go get it. That's why I can tell you greatness is for everybody. Some, some, some greatness is born, some greatness is bred. I know some folks, some folks, some folks thought was lazy until they got around driven people. And all of a sudden, they were like, hold on, I thought you were lazy. They said, nah, I just ain't never seen nobody moving. Amen. Sometimes you got to be that motivation. God is calling us that. This is a literal call to this very thing. And so by the end of this series, let me tell you what's going to happen because that's our goal. Every time we embark into something fresh, something new, I always want to let you know what this thing should cause in your life to happen. And so if we journey on this thing 12 weeks or however long God leads us here, you know that the intention is to cause something to take place in your life. Because if you don't know the cause that it should create, you'll miss what God is calling you to. Greatness is what he's calling us to right now. This whole church, every person. And so whether you see it or not, we already gave you a way out. We told you to stop doing stuff all last year at the end for last like for about 10 weeks or how to stop doing stuff, making excuses, stop complaining so that when greatness is presented to you, it doesn't become a fear factor or a threat to your life. You'll see you can do it before you know you can. Because of the things that God has allowed you to conquer already. And so we want to make you in this moment irritated with average. Aggravated with just all right. Normal will make no, no sense to you. So we talked last week about greatness requires giving up. Somebody shout giving up. Not giving up on life, but giving up some stuff. You got to be willing to give up some stuff. You know, last week we talked about three fellas who refused to follow because they were afraid to say farewell. All of them. We talked about how the cost of greatness in Luke chapter 9, somewhere around verses 57 through like 62, we talked about last week how guys, they were, oh, they, they, they was fearful. They were afraid. They, was, they refused to follow because they were afraid to say farewell or something. They always had an excuse to either do it fast, slow, or not yet. Because I told you last week, the cost of greatness, you may, be, you may just be stuck between two rights. Both things are important. But which one is priority? So God ever, sometimes you're going to get to a point in your call to greatness where you don't have to make a choice. So God is really under, getting us to understand this because there was some God, he gave us the, this after the fact that the disciples were fighting about who will be the greatest among us and then he goes out into the moment. One guy said, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus told him what he had to do. He said, oh my. Same guy, Jesus said, I want you to follow me. He said, well, let me go bury my father. He said, let the dead go bury his own dead because that's where your purpose will lie when you finish dealing with what you got to go deal with. 
I promise you, by the time you go take care of what you had to take care of, you should have went. By the time you get two years down the road, you'll say to yourself, man, I could have took care of what God told me to do. Look at it. I'm two years down the road, and I should have already did that two years ago, but I gave that as excuse in my life, and I'm still at the same place I once was two years ago. God said, you could have just fulfilled my purpose and would have been a better place right now. That's the fellas we dealt with last week that were willing to pay the cost for greatness. Because the cost have conditions. Somebody shout conditions. It has conditions and criterias that have to be carried out. That's why I say God, he wants everybody, but he just can't use anybody. He would tell them to follow him, but they said, well, I can't do it. He said, well, I can't use you then. Go and live your normal Christian life. Now, let me tell you something. If you never be great, that don't mean you ain't saved. <laughs> you just missed out on what God had for you in this life. <laughs> That's all you did. And I get to heaven, I'm going to really, but I, I'm going to, earth, I'm going to really do too. I'm going to get all that God had for me here, and I'm going to experience greater after this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I know we got stuff stored up after the funeral. I do know that. But God got some stuff for you right now. He wants you to experience it. I'm going to tell you, the Bible says that the world are asking for it. Like, that, let me tell you something. You ain't doing what you got to do. Did anybody felt like your greatness was against your own will? Like, I ain't want to be. But God to put you, God said, because I had to get it out. Greatness is something that God has to get out of you. Let me tell you, can I, I give you the most profound thing if I don't say nothing else today to you. Uh, uh, your greatness is non-negotiable. Uh, go back and read Luke 9. I'm going to pick up on it today. But your greatness is non-negotiable. God, God does not tolerate when he comes back and you don't give him a return on the talent he gave you. The gift. He said there will be a place where there will be weeping or gnashing of teeth. That's hell. Even for the Christian who walks in disobedience. Even say, he said, God said, well, you didn't give me, yeah, you were my son. You was my daughter. And I expect a return on what I gave you, but I came back. He said, you didn't give me nothing. You could at least join a ministry. <laughs> you could have just ushered once a month. Maybe. Yeah, I know you couldn't pastor, you couldn't preach, but you could have did something. The scripture talks about the talents because he says you don't know what age you would be when Jesus come back. He came back for a 12-year-old, he came back for a 16-year-old, a 32-year-old, and an 84-year-old. If you read the text, it represents your lifespan. Of the accountability you have to give back to God of the gifts he gave you without repentance. God didn't give you gifts to give them back. Like to get it, to take them back. So you know the way, even in the text, he didn't take it back. He passed it on to somebody else. He said, get the person that didn't do nothing with theirs to that person over there. He said, I don't even want it back. I'm, I still need it in the earth. And so that's why you ever saw somebody with your idea. That God put in you, you like, oh God, that was a great idea. God said, but you didn't do nothing with it, so I passed it. All right, okay, Pastor, you're talking too much. You're in my bit. So let me tell you why. I'm, let me break the ice. Because this is, God spoke to me this week. He says, Eric, he revealed to me that this is a coaching series. I haven't preached a series like this yet. And, and I heard this word because he said this is a coaching, coaching series that uh, will propel us to greatness 
uh, uh, because there's going to be some training time and some talking time. And then there will be some game times. I say that because that's all the moments. Every moment we're together, God has some moments that he's going to be imparting great words. That's the word. They're going to be great words that are going to be imparted throughout our, our encounters. But he revealed to me that this was a coaching series that will prosper and propel us into purpose. You know, you know, and so uh, um, how many know that all the greats need a coach? All the greats had a coach on the side. Let me tell you what a coach do. A coach, if they're a good one, they usually speak into your ear to your fear. A good coach will speak into your ear directly to your fear. Can I ask how that's doing? So you can have a good new year. You can have a good year. You can have a good moment. But I, they say that for that purpose, but to understand this, that a coach speaks, he said, that's why they're always telling you to do something that you don't think you can do. You want me to do that? Every time a good coach tells you, you're like, you know what, before you ask me to do that, I never thought I could. And then you discover if the coach keep coaching, because... Now, I, 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 go to, I, I go to a lot of basketball games. I go to a lot of them, quite frequently. Most of us in here got kids. They have us everywhere, don't they? Now, at every game, I can look from the stands and tell who's been practicing. <laughs> I can tell who just walked on. I can tell who ain't with the rest of the people. I can tell who the ball hall, who need to learn something else. You can tell what kid got the coach in their pocket. <laughs> you can tell it all right there. You're like. They, they didn't learn how to do layups in practice. You missed that wide open one. Y'all hear that I just said. See, practice says I'm less likely to not fulfill this purpose. So problem, you can come again. See, because what happened, everybody practice good by themselves. You see them kids, they be out there. <laughs> like they, they act like they're on 2K all day until somebody get in front of them like this. And they be like. Yeah, okay, <laughs> maybe I've been watching too many kid games. Sorry. Because I want to know what you've been doing in practice that has prepared you for greatness. Can you speak into the ear to the very fear of a person? And that's what God is always calling us to do. He says, coach, speak again, because you're always telling me. Anybody ever hear God keep telling them stuff they think they can't do? God said, you told, I told you to start that business. He's like, but I can't. Nobody else ain't done it yet, so I ain't got nobody to copy. God said, because I'm going to create it through you. And you're scared to death. But don't die with that destiny in you. We're going to call greatness out of you. Can I call it out a little bit? And so, and so I, 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 last week, uh, I left off here, and so I want to teach from Haggai real quick. Um, this chapter 2, verse 9. And so as I was reading this, I, I shared this Friday morning with the church 
but I was just like, God, do I need to share it this morning? He said, continue it a little bit, touch on this, because this is a foundation for our year. So I have to come back because um, this is the scripture that I want you to hold dear to your heart as we navigate this entire year. So that's why, that's why I, I haven't taught, taught on it because I'm going to be referencing it throughout the year. So, but I want to, I'm going to read it so that you can have some understanding of where we are, where we're going, how we're going to get there, and what God requires. In verse number nine of Haggai, I'm sorry, chapter two, it says, the glory of this present house. So as I impart the new year message again, and throughout this first quarter at least, it says the glory of this present house will be greater, somebody shout greater, greater than the glory of the former house, says who? The Lord Almighty. He says, and in this place, I will grant peace. Somebody shout peace. This is what I need y'all to hear this. It says, uh, declares the Lord Almighty. Now, as I was reading this and understand this, because he says that this house uh, will be greater then the former house, not just what says anybody, but what says the Lord. So this is word that deals and even conflict what the world thinks. So God says this, that the glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says him. And then in the message, as we regurgitate this a little bit, it says this temple, somebody shout this temple. So I need you to make this personal because... We don't just come to church. Somebody shout, we are the church. So we didn't come here to have church today. We brought church in here with us. So this temple is just for walls, some conferencing those who have been called to believe. And so I want to make this person, it says, this temple is going to end up far better. This is how I'm approaching this year. This temple is going to end up far better than it started. Than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious finish. Somebody shout, I'm going to start good and end good. Amen. I ain't waiting till the last of this year to start getting good. No, we're going to start off right. We're going to go all the way through this year right. We're going to end this thing greater. I promise you, right? That's why I got to look at this as a place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness, the creed, the God of the angel armies. Now, when I thought about this, it had to be something I need to impart personally because here it says that the Lord, this present house, that's why I told you that we ain't just come to church, we are the church. And so this present house, this house that we live in, this temple is the Bethel. This is the place where God lives. That's why we should not defile the spirit, where God, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We should listen to the right things, say the right things, be around the right crowds as much as we can. Why? Because we don't want to defile the temple because what you entertain has already already infected you? How many of you got to be careful in your environment? So he says that I need for you to know that this temple has to get greater. And I love this because he says that it does not, it does not even compare. 
It's going to be far better than it started out. He says, but look at this. He says, but and I will bring you, or I, I say, and it, in this place, I will grant peace. Somebody shout peace real quickly. I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this. This is the, this is the peace of God and the peace with God. That means that I have this comfort and this, 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 this great um, feeling that everything is already all right over me. And I have this feeling that I am not in conflict with God. See, that's why he says, I'm going to give you peace. He said, because if this house is going to be greater than the last house, we got to be at a peaceful place. How many know you ain't going to be, you can't be fighting against God and still he give you what he purposed you to give. God said, your house still going to look the same. You're going to still be in the same place that you was. See, that's why some folks are in the same place year after year. God said, I already made a declaration that this house should be better than a former house, but you ain't made peace with me. You still warring against me. You're not doing what I purpose you to do, so greater cannot come to you because you ain't willing to pay the cost. We want greatness. And talk to anybody that's great in your life that you deem great, I promise you got, they got about four or five, 50, 11 horror stories. I promise you. At least some, they be like, you like, I know you went through all that. You don't look like what you've been through. Yes, I do. I know I don't. Some of y'all will be ugly on the outside. You'll be last up. If you look like what you've been through, but go on there, God. See, that's what I love about God. Because he said, you'll go through the fire, but you'll come out with not even a cinch or even a smell of smoke. Anybody glad you don't look like what you've been through? Why? Because you got greater. Because when you made peace with God, God started piecing you back together. Oh, he'll piece you back together and made you better. That's what's called the restoration. Because the restored version is already better than, always better than the last. Take one of them old restored cars. It's always more valuable when you restore it. God said, I'm going to take you, wait, I'm going to take what you've been through and make a new you. So God can't give you a new great year without making a new you out of you. God, bring me a new year. God said, but I'm really trying to change you. I'm trying to make you greater. And you keep warring me, fighting against whatever I say about you. Every time I tell you to do something, you got questions all the time. Why are you, walking out? Why are you asking all them questions? Why are, you, why are you asking all them questions? <laughs> For real? God, why? What you going to do? Who going to show me? What nobody God said, hold on now. I'm trying to make you formal. Make peace with me. And I made paths for you. He said, I take what you're going through and make what you're going through. Because this is what I discovered, y'all. As I looked at the text, I was like, God, okay, that's us. That's why I had to deal with us first. Coming into this new year, I said, God, let's, let's make sure this temple have a desire to be better than the old temple. And so we're going to make peace with you. Why? Because this is what I discovered, y'all. When you're not at peace, you live at war. And the greatest motivator of war is hate. Opposite of peace is hate. So when you ain't walking in God's greater purpose in your life, and you ain't doing the great things in your life, you end up becoming a hater. Man, my son, man, I, I got in the car after Wednesday night. My son jumped in the passenger seat. He said, Dad. He said, can you repeat that thing you said to me? I was, he read that working at the camera. He said, 
can you say what you said? I said, what you talking about? He said, somebody hating. I said, uh, when you don't become great, you start to hate. Because people usually hate on what didn't happen for them. Am I talking to anybody? Amen. Amen. Be great and don't hate. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, be great and don't hate. See, when you don't make peace with God about your purpose, you'll always be hating on minds. Amen. When you, when you make peace with God, with the purpose he got for you to be greater, you're always going to be looking at me because I may be walking around with some of your stuff. Why you got that? Because you, you, you didn't want to be greater. And so you didn't want to be greater, you just became a hater. That's what happens. It's the result because you refuse to make peace about your own purpose. Because if God ever gave you peace about your purpose, you won't be worried about nobody else. And that's what my son said. He said, Dad, say that again. I said, man, he said, because I, I, I be wondering why, you know, I see people, they pay a little better ball than me, but I don't ever feel no hatred. See, this is my 16 year old son right here hanging out with me. He said, Dad, he said, I wonder why I never feel no hatred in my heart to anybody that I see doing great stuff because I know greatness is on the inside of me. He says, I already know I may not be where they at yet, but if I keep working hard, I know that my house is going to be better than my present house if I make God at peace with my purpose. When I ain't at peace, I'm always hating. Boy, that's why you got haters on your job. Everywhere you go, because you're trying to be great. They call you a brown noser. No, you're just trying to be great. I tell folks all the time, when you around me, you better try your best because I may embarrass you. Anybody, anybody ever tell folks you better, you better do your best because I'm not about to give you some unauthentic humility. Make you feel good about what you ain't trying to do. Because I desire to be great. Amen. Anybody, I, I, I know you, if you're tired of your same page, I know you walking around worried about people going to say, man, if I, do, if I go after this, they're going to think I'm doing that. You better let them think. Because you got greatness is what you see. And greatness is what you desire all around me. And that's why we got into this purpose because when you don't become great, because when you can't take hate, you will never be great. (laughs) See, greatness is going to bring hate, but if you can't take hate, you'll never be great. Hey, take that light slow at home. <laughs> he said, Pastor, how you doing all that? I said, because I can take hate. That's why I could be great. I don't care what folks got to say. I'm walking in my purpose for God. That's why nobody can't stop it. Because it's not their purpose, it's God's purpose for me. And I made peace with that thing. I am who I am. Folks said, Pastor, I think you should do I said, I don't care what you think I should be doing. I am going, I'm at, because you're going to have me warring with God at night. Up at night. Man, who am I fulfilling purpose for? <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at home, man, so if I do this, so-and-so ain't going to like me. If I do this over here, that person's going to leave. God said, forget all of them. You're going to do what I told you to do, and I'm going to send you everybody that's connected to that purpose. That's why God is keep doing what he's doing, y'all, because you've got to be able to take hate to be great. Because you'll never be great if you keep hating. Amen. Don't tell your neighbor that tonight. Don't tell your neighbor that. Am I making any sense today? 
Jesus, I'm out of time. I got so much sermon left. But this whole year, we're going to be talking about how to be great. This is a coaching series. Tomorrow morning, I'll be coaching again. 6 a.m. Wednesday morning, coaching again. Friday morning, coaching again. Because my desire is to see greatness all around me. I don't even want to be, oh, pastor, you good? No, I'm, I, got, you, I showed up to this church today. And it's, it's, people said, pastor, you do a whole lot. That's all I got to do because my great leaders did everything else. Like, oh, I, this is my job today. That's why I'm out here. But that's a fact. No, I'm working today. Because it's all I got to do. I got to come here, open up, get an altar call, preach a sermon, do the, and then let them do great what they're supposed to do, teach them children over there. Usher great. Because we got greatness all around me. I didn't want to see me. I'm on folks that got, I want to be able to count on greatness. So when you don't see me, you still see greatness. Pastor ain't even here yet. I ain't got here till y'all got. I pulled up with y'all did. I was like, is this bullying in? I say I got great people. I ain't got to worry about because greatness is what I desire. And they're training and they're, and they're, they're, they're building greater people. Because we realize we're not where we once was. We're going somewhere. And that's why I told y'all, man, that we got to pay this cost for greatness.